Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? It's a chick. About time for Boom Friday Podcast. You want to tune in listen to the goddamn show? What up, Jones? Welcome to the Fun Friday Podcast. I, uh, My friend Katie was on this week. I actually recorded that conversation last week. So I haven't done a live pod. Not live. You know what I mean? Like recently recorded for like a week. I miss it. I miss talking into a microphone alone in my apartment. It's so fun. Oh, right. uh, I have a number of things to talk about. I've been getting a lot of nice feedback on the pod, uh, primarily from two people. So maybe it's two people listening hundreds of times, but the listenership does seem to be going up. I wanted it to hit a certain milestone in April. Just came just a bit shy. Doesn't that suck? When you really th- hope something will happen and you're like, oh, this is the time it'll happen. And the podcast gods are like, no, 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 no. We're going to make you wait. Your goals won't be achieved until three years after you're dead, Palmer. Uh, dude, I don't know. I'm not going to give any spoilers away from Ozark, but some of the shit that that, that Ruth has been saying is so funny. I, I'm not. I'm going to say these two quotes. Relax. It's from episode like nine and 10 of season four. But she says, <laughs> she's talking to Marty. He was like trying to give her advice. She's like, fuck off, Dr. Phil. That's a good one. I like that one. And then she also described or talked about the Bird Family Circle Jerk Organization. <laughs> Dude, the Bird Family Circle Jerk Organization. Even if you've never seen one episode of Ozark, I contend that that's still a pretty funny line. All right. Also, what is Julie Garner going to do now? I know she's done some other. I don't know. Oh, I don't know why I brought that up because I don't have uh, you know, facts or I could easily look up what she's doing now. I know that she has some other project in the book books i think my friend jared told me will i take the time to look that up and then share it with the pod i might i might no wait i i was gonna do it and then i realized if i type in her name it might give away a spoiler so i can't do it so if you want to find out what she's doing you're just gonna have to do that, do that on your own until i complete the series all right all right i don't know why i keep saying all right i'm saying all right too much on this one my friend Haley gave me some nice <laughs> feedback she's like danny Love the pod today. I love how honest you are, the quotes, and when you evaluate them. Just be yourself and it all flows. That's so nice, Haley. Thank you for saying that. Hilarious you didn't even go to the party in Brooklyn after all the hype. Yeah. I recorded a short episode last Friday. So I was like, I'm going to go to Brooklyn. Go to my friend Maria's birthday party. And then I just, uh, there's no L train running. So then I just didn't go. Dude, I don't, I don't get the obsession with Brooklyn. I just, I don't know. I was in um, Bushwick last Thursday night. I went bar hopping. You know, uh, with the lady that lives there, she wanted to show me around. And it is nice. You know, we went to like the Johnson's. That's a cool bar. We went to this little dive spot. We had these like Mexican from this bodega. There's some nice spots. No doubt. For sure. Definitely cool things. Makes you feel like a cool person. However, that shit is too fucking spread out, bro. I ain't got time. I ain't got time to be a bullshit. Gotta go to the fucking Morgan stop. The fuck? Morgan, <laughs> I guess that's too local of a reference. Whatever. You know what I mean. Uh, Haley continues on with her feedback. Have you ever had any listeners send you anything insane, like weird or crazy messages? I don't think we've had that. We did. When, when it was, when the pod was space, what the fuck, dude, with my co-host and former friend, <laughs> Zach McGovern, we had this one guy. He was actually really cool. I'm not like shitting on him, but he like gave us feedback like every week and loved it. And then Zach's like, I'm quitting the pod. Well, I guess those days are gone of people loving space. What the fuck, dude? Huh? Zach? Huh? Zach? You got to go to a Knicks game with some chick instead of record a trial episode? You piece of shit. <laughs> Just shitting on Zach. He'll never listen to this. 
Haley continues with her feedback. I think we, uh, Nashville, are getting a Major League Baseball team. I didn't know that. They just got a soccer team. They have the Titans and the Predators. What's Predators? That's hockey. Yeah. The most expensive housing market. I beg to fucking differ, Hale. Haley. What do you what's what do you make short? What's a nickname for Haley? What's a shortened version of Haley? Hale? I beg to differ. Hale. Have you ever been to New York or San Francisco? Okay. You ever been to the Ozark in Ozark? I mean Missouri. <laughs> Ruth Langmore said the name of the town in Missouri where she lived. And I'm always like, what? Is that a real place? It's like the Ozark or something. I've dude, I've never been to Missouri. Y'all been to Missouri? Y'all been to Missouri? I never been there. I've never been to Missouri. I've never been to Portland. I've never been to Dallas except the airport. I think those are the major ones that I haven't been to. Doesn't that suck when there's cities in the country that you live in you've never been? I've never been to Maine. You're just like, ah, well, don't know what that's like. <laughs> I've never been to Nashville. Fuck. I try. To, you got to get out there. You know. I saw Denver a month ago. Comedy works. That was fun. It's just kind of it's just kind of sad that you yeah, I don't know. I just keep thinking about like sad. <laughs> I'm not depressed, but just think about like all the people in the high schools. Like think about your high school and then all the people in the high schools around the country that are cool and fun and would have been your lifelong friends. You just never met them. Or college or junior high or elementary school or whatever. Think about all the cities on the planet that are cool and have beautiful vistas that you'll never visit before you're planted. That's what my grandpa Radigan used to say. He lived in a retirement community, he had a real gallows sense of humor. I'll be planted before long, Danny. He's like, Marla, three doors down. They just pulled her out in a body bag two days ago. Her husband was cheating on her before the body was cold. <laughs> yeah, he said, before the body was cold. Oh, that's good stuff. All right. Uh, blah, 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 blah. What did she say? Uh, it would be exciting if this city wasn't already too crowded and expensive. You know, when, when these towns like Nashville and Austin are like, it's getting too crowded and expansive here. Oh, you're gonna, uh, what are you gonna, you gonna seek refuge in New York or Boston? No, it's better where you're at. Just relax, just relax. That's my event of the day because you mentioned baseball. Anyway, happy Friday. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, I was. I talked about. Oh yeah, Bushwick, the hipsters in Bushwick. It's like, oh look, we have four dollar draft beers and no career ambitions. We're just sitting around at the bar with our six dogs on the floor. <laughs> it's not nice. I don't know what their career ambitions are like. So apparently, Naomi what Naomi Judd. Not Naomi Watts. I love Naomi Watts. Naomi Judd died about a week ago. And I was, you know, when when it's like the Judd sisters, the Judd family singers, you're like, oh man, they're fucking legends. I'm pretty sure they're in the country music hall of fame. And then you're like, do I know anything about any of them? So Naomi was the mom. And then she had uh Winona first. And then she had Ashley. I think Ashley and Winona were four years apart. And they were like living in a fucking small motel in uh Nashville and then in LA like they were not doing well they're living off like bologna sandwiches and then they finally made it you know it's like it's like Tiffany Haddish lived in her car and who's another famous singer Lady Gaga or something I just feel like I love the stories of uh you know legendary singers comedians actors whatever looking back in their career and the early days were just like complete and completely impoverished no legitimate prospect for success and also there are many people that start their Creative careers at an early age never make it. I being one of them <laughs> just live their lives and then they're planted, as Grandpa would say. But, uh, you know, as long as you're pursuing the dream, it doesn't matter that you're eating bologna sandwiches in a cheap motel in Nashville. Maybe it does. Just, you know, you should chase your dreams for about 15 years 
and then be like, fuck it. Just sell out to the man, start day trading bitcoins, whatever the fuck that is, you know? My friend Josh Wesson, he's been in the pot. He's always like, he's, he's just like staking his whole future on GameStop. It's like, bro, it's a fucking, it's a fucking game store. You know what I mean? They had their little like flash in the pan moment in the sun. I don't think GameStop's going to the moon anytime soon. You're fucking, I didn't have an ending of that sentence. And then I hit stop and I was like, oh, I'll come up with a clever ending of the sentence. And then I couldn't think of one. So I just hit play again. And then I just changed the sentence and explained to you what I did. <laughs> All right. You need to have, uh, oh yeah, the two week, the past two weeks in a row, I've had guests on that weren't comedians, my friend Lindsay, and then my friend Katie. And um, yeah, I think Jared gave me f- this feedback. You need to have one person like this a month consistently. Comics are idiots. Agreed. Not all, some, most. Your comic ability crossed with your interview style is how you are going to separate from the other comic pods. Why, thank you, Jared. Thank you very much. Uh, by the way, Tuesday night, last night, I went to see my friends Malia Simon and Caroline Haynes. They have a new comedy show at Heaven Can Wait at, um, well, it's, it's at Heaven Can Wait. It's in the East Village. I don't know if it's a monthly show or what, but it was cool. The venue is really cool. I, I know I'm talking about New York specific references, but hey, if you come visit New York, go see their show at Heaven Can Wait or like some other stuff at Heaven Can Wait. I've lived in New York for almost 14 years now. It'll be 14 years in like a week. Never been. I've never even heard of Heaven Can Wait. Isn't it weird? You live in a place for a long time and then you're like, I don't know what the fuck that is. That's why when I think if you live in a town, doesn't matter what town you live in. And you have guests in from out of town. My favorite thing to do is to go somewhere that neither of you have been so that the experience is new, both for the host and for the guest. Huh? Huh? Not too shab, huh? Not too shab of a fucking idea. Thank you. I'll just wait for you guys to write that down and improve your lives based on things that I've suggested. <laughs> All right. Drinking. I mean, writing time is now complete. Uh, you guys drinking white? Oh, yeah. Somebody was making fun of uh, of me and Ryan DeCollis's promo picture for our black cat show on the lower east side every friday night and they're like are you guys drinking white claws in the photo nothing says hardcore adult entertainment like a watermelon boozy seltzer (laughs) hey fuck you gar it's my buddy gar you know he's like a chemistry professor at macon at macon georgia at mercer university down there macon georgia you know what gar why don't you just go fucking you know make subtle comments that could be interpreted in a sexual manner to a 19 year old girl in your class you piece of shit can I? I don't think I can get my friend in trouble for something I say on my podcast. Can I? Has he been fired? He's gone. I, mean, I think he has uh, tenure, actually. Okay, there's a couple quotes from my favorite an inspirational newsletter, Farnham Street. Highly recommend it. Every Sunday it comes out. Uh, the guy, Shane Parrish, was talking about your mindset. Like, what is your approach to life? And he said, one of the biggest things working in the background over the past two years is the mindset gap. At the onset of COVID, one group of people became paralyzed and waited. They waited for someone else to take the lead and tell them what to do. They waited for schools to go online and figure out how to educate their kids. They waited for the government to tell them what was safe and what wasn't. They waited for clarity. They waited for certainty. And they waited for other people to solve problems so that they could continue with life. Another group of people refused to stop. While they might have slowed down, they kept adapting. Inch by inch, they did what they could and moved forward. They hired teachers or turned to Khan Academy for their kids. I think I've taken a class from Khan Academy. They kept the expectations of themselves and their kids high. They pushed forward at work and home. They solved problems and they learned new skills. The difference between these two groups comes down to mindset. Now, first of all, it sounds like he's being a little bit oversimplistic. Like, I think nobody knew what the fuck was going on 
I don't know if it was paralysis per se as more of like, what's, how do we handle this? What, you know, is this actually going to kill us if we go outside? Like, so I don't know if I fully agree with him, but I see what he's saying. You know, sometimes I think when somebody makes an argument, you have to kind of see the, you know, don't miss the forest for the trees. Even if the particulars of their example to illuminate their broader concept are not 100% accurate, you can still like zoom up, zoom out to that higher level concept and try to learn from that. You know what I mean? Anyways, he goes, the difference between these two groups comes down to mindset. All the energy you put into things you can't control comes to the expense of things you can control. Now, I I I struggle with this a lot because I'm always like, X problem is bothering me. So-and-so doesn't like me, and I want them to like me. And there's a lot of people in my life that do like me, but this person doesn't. All I can think about is that person that doesn't when I shower. And it's like, dude, I can't control whether or not someone likes me. You know, I can be kind. I can apologize if I made a mistake, but I can't control their attitude towards me or how they treat me. So I need to like get better at not letting that dominate my thoughts. Uh, so you want to focus on what you can control. That mindset is far, far more resilient and adaptable than the first. And that makes all the difference. Now, this might have been as I was talking through those examples. It's like, oh, Khan Academy, private school. It sounds like yeah, it's something like rich people could do to solve the problem during the pandemic. Like when A-Rod and J-Lo, when they were together at the start of the pandemic, they were like, oh, stay home, be safe. And they're in the backyard of this beautiful Miami mansion. It's like, guess what, asshole? Everybody has a fucking giant mansion. So he's like, so Shane continues in this newsletter. He's like, when I talk to people about this, they often bring up the wealth gap. I hear things like it's easy for the rich to hire tutors and teachers and childcare and keep their kids working hard. Yes. And that misses the point. It is easy to overestimate the role of money and underestimate the role of mindset. Often we convince ourselves that if we only had the resources, we would apply the second mindset. But the second mindset isn't a luxury of the rich. It is a necessity to build wealth in the first place. When you focus on money, you miss the leverage of mindset hiding in plain sight. It's like, wow, okay. It's just, yeah, I, what? I wanted, to, I wanted to discount his argument because it seems like it's just geared towards being rich and using money to solve your problems. He's saying, fuck the money. It's about how you're approaching things no matter how much money you make in the first place, whether you're poor or rich. Anyways, he goes, a lot of people without a lot of money figured out, what, figured out ways to focus on what they could control. While they couldn't control what the schools did, they could control giving their kids extra work or putting them in Khan Academy. I'm pretty sure that's free. I'm using parents as a simple example to make a point, but the same mindset applies to every aspect of life every day. Your mindset gets applied to your life, to life, thousands of times a day. It's at work in every interaction and every circumstance. I do agree with that. You know, like there's a million little stressful things that might go on during my workday or during your workday. And it's like, do I let that then paralyze me or make me angry or fill me with stress? I mean, sometimes I do, but I think I've gotten better over time at like, just, you know, rising up out of the water. Don't be the fucking little mouse swimming on the ground. Be the fucking hawk, like way above in the uh, in the sky. I'm real. I'm making fun of myself not being able to describe this. You know what I mean, though? Like, I went through this bad breakup. And um, when I was in Atlanta, and I read this book, and it was like talking about how you need to use your um, focus on healing your mind, your body, your soul have this kind of holistic, multidimensional approach to healing. And one of the examples that it gave that was really helpful to me was to think about a bird over, you know, high above a beach, going in larger and larger circles and rising higher and higher above the day-to-day minutia and the small problems that really can dominate your life and your mindset. So I was just trying to like swoop up and then swoop out away 
from the core nitty gritty issues that are really bothering you. And it's, I mean, obviously it's easier said than done, but I try to apply that mindset in my daily life. And I do think I'm getting better at that over time. And I don't know. Tell me how you're, how you're doing with it. <laughs> Send me a message on Instagram. No one ever does. <laughs> so when you focus on things you can control, it might not seem like it make, makes much of a difference the first day. But over time, over the course of a year, a decade, the gap is too large to, to catch up. Sooner or later, says Mr. Parrish, you realize everything comes down to mindset. When you focus on what you can control, there's always an action you can take to put yourself in a better position. When you focus on things you can't control, you tend to freeze uncertain of what to do and you wait. The world might have paused for two years, but people with the second mindset never stopped. Rather than be mastered by circumstances they didn't control, they mastered them. Those circumstances, he means. For the past two years, these two mindsets have been invisibly applied in the background. Now that the world is reopening, the gap is becoming visible. My son's teacher told me she's never seen so many grade six kids so far behind. I can only imagine the education loss in higher grades. At the office, if you stood still for the past two years, you were lapped by the people that didn't stop. The mindset gap created an outcome gap that will only compound in the next decades. So I think that's important to think about too. You know, it's like, well, you know, it's easy to say like, oh, have this like broader mindset and, you know, circle out, swoop out of your problems and go way high in the sky and don't get bogged down in the day-to-day minutia. Easier for you to say. But then if you don't do that, then over time, you're just going to kind of stay in the muck and the mire. And you may be able, you may be limiting the potential outcomes in your life. So I don't know. Easier said than done, but I thought it was a pretty, pretty interesting idea. Okay. All right. The rest of this podcast will just be a series of noises such as. Anywho, I did forget to do with that health article last week. I said I was going to summarize this article about can certain foods stave off dementia? Can a plant based diet really help you? And apparently it really can. The Mediterranean diet and the mind diet, both of which encourage fresh produce, legumes and nuts, fish, whole grains and olive oil have been shown in scientific studies to offer strong protection against cognitive decline. Uh, There was a study that was published in 2017, analyzed the diets and cognitive performance of more than 5,900 older U.S. adults. Those that adhere to the Mediterranean diet had a 30 to 35 percent lower risk of cognitive impairment than those who adhered to the diets less closely. This Dr. Wallet Willett, he's a professor of epidemiology and nutrition at the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health, said that pretty much anything that will keep arteries healthy will reduce risk of dementia. This other doctor, Ronald Peter- Peterson, neurologist and director of the Mayo Clinic Alzheimer's Disease Research Center, agreed. What's good for the heart is good for the brain. So they're saying up your, up your plant game, dude. Leafy greens are packed with nutrients and fiber. And some solid evidence has linked them with slower age-related cognitive decline. So, dude, I fucking do this shit, man. You know? You gotta eat salads. Now I started eating salmon once a week. If you fucking do this shit, apparently it's gonna be... It's a direct correlation to a reduced risk of Alzheimer's and cognitive decline. Like, that's sick. That seems worth it. Because it's like the same thing with the mindset gap. It's like, I don't want to fucking make a salad. I don't want to fucking get salmon and fucking cook that shit. Dude, fuck that. But I guess if you do it, you're going to have a better life over time. I don't know. Or you get hit by a fucking bus or some genetic abnormality in your family fucking takes you out. Fuck. Who knows, dude? Anyways, Dua Lipa. I love Dua Lipa. If you haven't listened to this podcast before, you should know that I love Dua Lipa. Oh, my God. Hi, Dua. Hi. She has her own uh, podcast um, called Dua Lipa at Your Service. She also has a newsletter called Service 95. I think she was born in 1995. If I'm not mistaken, 
1995, I was a junior in college. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> Maybe I was a sophomore. Anyway, she's done a full first season of her podcast. My podcast, by the way, doesn't have seasons. It's just a podcast. You know, it just keeps going on. There's like episode 260 or some shit. But she does, she does seasons. And from her first season, she shared some learnings, which, you know what, Danny, this is... All right. It's 20 minutes. All right. I want to read these learnings, and then we'll save the rest of this shit for next week. Because I want to finish watching Ozark, and nobody gives a fuck. All right. Uh, number one, do a number one lesson. Trust my own instincts. I've realized that if I ask something I'm curious about, then others are likely curious about it too. It's like in class when, you, when you're like, oh, should I ask that question? And you're like, I'm not going to ask the question. And then somebody else asks the exact same question. You're like, oh, I should have fucking asked the question. Or if you end up asking the question, somebody after class would be like, hey, I'm glad you asked that because I was thinking the same thing. But you always you want to feel stupid. <laughs> you don't want to look like an idiot in front of your peers. But sometimes your peers are just as dumb as you are. And you should ask the fucking quote unquote stupid question. She said, I've changed my mindset to think about the podcast more like a conversation than an interview, which has led to some incredible moments. I agree. When you're interviewing somebody, you know, I, I, I watch almost all of Howard Stern's interviews. I watch all of them, really. I'm like, I watch them back to back. Like right now, I'm on uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. I just finished the Machine Gun Kelly one. And, you know, he'll, he has like an agenda, but he also like will just talk about like, you know, why does your hair look like that? Or, um, you know, wh what time did you guys wake up this morning? Just like random ass shit in the moment and just derails on that for like five minutes and it makes the overall conversation better because it's more like natural and real and not just like so structured and regimented. Number two, Dua Lipa's podcast learnings. Let my guests know I'm listening without saying so. Little cues such as nodding or smiling on video and in person gives the interviewee the space to keep talking without cutting them off. A constant reminder I give myself. I try to do that too, you know? And not even just on podcast interviews and in, in day to day conversations. Like, I, th I feel like that's one thing I've learned from uh, Joe Rogan is like he will just sit and listen to somebody talk and not interrupt them and just kind of like lift his eyebrows a little bit and let them keep going. And because of that, they become much more, they feel much more natural and much more relaxed and almost as though they are at home. And I think that's a great bit of advice for podcast interviews and just for living your life, you know? I was like, Tina, why you got to jump in when you're in conversation so much? You have your 24-minute podcast where you, it's just you talking. When you're talking to other people, Danny, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Number three in Dua Lipa's tips here. Preparation. Organization is really important to me. I get the most out of the experience when I prepare in advance. Being on the other end of the microphone can be draining. So being prepared is a way I take care of myself. I, just, I was like, who's on the other end of the microphone? Is it Dua Lipa or a guest? You saw about herself. <laughs> I was thinking about my friend. <laughs> my friends were just, just thinking about me talking about Dua Lipa, just reading Dua Lipa's words in my apartment alone. Like, dude, what are you doing? Number four from Dua, sometimes relax. Sometimes the best moments occur or come spontaneously. I can and do prepare all I want, but the conversation flows best when it feels natural and organic. And number five, Dua Lipa podcast tips. Enjoy the experience. I love my job. It's not your job, Dua. You're rich. I can't believe how much fun I've had creating our first season, and I'm beyond excited to start planning the next. There you go. That's fun. Okay. All right. There's two little quick things I'll talk about. 23 minutes. Yeah, let's do it. Fuck it. All right. Uh, this woman, Matilda Mikowski, she is the woman behind the world's first sex toys made from ocean-bound plastic. Isn't that sick? They, like, capture plastic from the ocean, and then they, like, turn it into, like, dildos and shit like that. It goes... From the ocean straight to your pussy. That's their motto. It's on their labels. No, it's not. Uh, all right, dude, space, quick space thing. My friends Asha and Carissa are not that smart, and they don't like to talk about space. They'd rather talk about uh, Aquanet. So just kidding. 
NASA wants to place a space station called Gateway in orbit around the moon. This is short. Don't worry. It would serve as a staging point for visits by astronauts to the lunar surface. So like with the Apollo shit, they just went straight to the moon. No, 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 no. We're going to start to have this thing orbit the moon and use that as a launching pad to go down to the surface. To be used most effectively, Gateway would need to orbit the moon in a novel elliptical trajectory. So now, I think this happened this week. NASA has this capstone mission. They launched this, I'm pretty sure they did. They launched this microwave oven-sized satellite, which will be used to study what it's like for a spacecraft to operate in this novel orbit. The mission will be launched by Rocket Lab from its site in New Zealand sometime this spring. I'm pretty sure that happened on Wednesday. So that's kind of lit, dude. This thing, this microwave thing is going to go in this weird-ass orbit around the moon, and then they're going to use that to have a fucking space station, dude. Wouldn't that be lit if you're just like going to bed and you look up and you see the space station orbiting the moon and like maybe it would get to the point where these missions from the space station down to the surface of the moon were occurring like once, you know, like it's like a fucking like a tram going down to the side of a mountain in, in Switzerland just happening all the time. And you can just use your binoculars and see it and be like really high and be like, dude, the moon is sick. I want to go up there, but it seems scary because you can burn up upon reentry. Thank you for listening to the Danny Palmer show. Follow me on Instagram. No, or hit. <laughs> <laughs> send me a note on instagram no number does danny palmer nyc or the danny palmer show on instagram black cat les every friday night at nine o'clock you fucking jeans i will be taking off the last week of may i can't wait it's gonna be great i don't know why i said that who cares danny no one cares about your vacation schedule bro just end the fucking podcast and come fuck me all right ruth i'll be right there sweetie get away from me i'm just kidding i don't like you you're a dumb piece of shit i'm building a house all right thanks <laughs>